0: Well, again, we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to get into words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and prophecy tonight, digging into three of those nine gifts that we talked about um, out of 1 Corinthians 12. And as I was preparing to talk about the spiritual gifts in depth, I wanted to share something that the Lord was revealing to me about the gifts. Not just how they work, because... I think we're interested in that. How does this gift work in my life? How would that work for me? How would that work if I'm ministering to another person? But even though these are abilities that God gives us to flow in him, flow in his spirit, these gifts point to him. These gifts reveal something about his nature and his characteristics. They reveal that God desires intimacy, and connection, and communion with us. God reveals. He reveals his nature. He reveals his love and his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It is a blessing that the God of this universe does not leave us alone on an island, guessing, hoping that we're going to get an answer, but that he truly does want to speak to us and make a way for us. So let's pray. And God, I just thank you so much. Just a room full of friends. A room full of people who are hungering and thirsting after your ways. As Moses prayed in Exodus 33, God, teach me your ways that I would know you. God, we want to know who you are. We don't want to guess at it. We want to move with boldness and confidence. And we find that in you because you reveal characteristics of your nature. That gives us the foundation of the rock who is Jesus Christ. That when we build our lives upon the rock, we will be unshaken. So God, we breathe you in. And right now, Lord we turn our hearts, we turn our minds to you, and we bless you. That we would be ministers of God, that we would minister to you with our breath, with our words, with our actions, and that as you transform us from the inside out, God, we would truly be a transformational church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, I want to kick it off with an example from last night. Last night during our Tuesday midweek class. It's a similar service. It's just like this. You're getting this, the same information that um, we got last night, though, to be honest, I did completely rewrite my message. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so there was a gentleman that I was working with, and I, I, he's on the prayer counselor team. But I grabbed him and I asked him, I said, would you be willing to kind of step out in faith and deliver a word to somebody um, in this room. And he got the deer in the headlights look. He went, I don't, I don't have anything for anybody. And I thought, yeah, neither do I. So, but are you willing to come with me and we'll go pray over somebody and see if we get something? And he went, sure. Which is another form of, yes, Lord. Yes, I'm willing to go ahead and do that. So we went and I found one person, I'm trying to leave the names out. We went and found this gentleman. We approached him and asked if we could pray with him. And of course, you ask him, can I pray with you? Often in a church, you don't get a person say, no, 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 I'm good. Most people are like, yeah, 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 pray for me, pray for me. So he said yes. So I told the first gentleman, I'm going to go ahead and start praying first. Then feel free to jump in. If, if you get something, feel free to jump in. So I prayed for just, you know, a minute or two. I didn't really get anything. I didn't get a word. I didn't get a vision. I wasn't, like, prophesying over him. And then I looked at the first gentleman, and I said, Did you get anything? And he, deer in the headlights, No, I, I, didn't, I didn't get anything. So then I prayed a little bit more, and then I asked the sen- second gentleman, Did you get something? And with tears in his eyes, he said, Yes, I felt like the Lord told me that I'm a warrior. So I looked at the first gentleman. I kind of need to give them names. Bill and Bob. So Bill, I asked Bill, I said, would you please pray over Bob? And that's when he went, sure, I can, I can take that one from there. So he took this warrior word and he started praying over him. And it was so neat to watch in the spirit because this man who didn't feel like he had really heard God before or seen a vision or had some miraculous thing happen to him, he laid hands on this man. And just by simply faith, started praying about this warrior word and this beautiful eloquent long prayer came out of him and we got done and if you know anything about me I'm usually the first one jumping up and down screaming going yeah because I got to watch firsthand somebody who was tentative but willing willing and available not willing and able but willing and available for God to use him and you know what I approached the guy, and I didn't get anything. I prayed over him, and he he didn't get a fluffy prayer, but he got, you know, kind of what comes up from the reservoir. No new word, no nothing like that. But then the second gentleman did. And it's just because we're willing and available. Not because we're special, not because we've had an appointment of some kind, or we've got a title. It's because God uses us where we're at. And I want you to hear that for your life. So it's very simple. I did not say it's easy. But it's very simple. It's simple to do, but it's hard to step out in faith. It's hard to do it. But once you get practiced at faith, just stepping out in faith gets a little more comfortable. Now, faith isn't ever comfortable, but at least you start recognizing, oh, this is God telling me to do something, and I know it's going to happen. I'm going to get out of the boat, and I'm going to walk on water. So you get practiced in what faith feels like. So functioning in faith takes vulnerability and transparency. Two very, very, very scary words. Vulnerability and transparency are powerful breakers in our lives. They break through things in us personally. But also I've noticed, I've found that transparency and vulnerability with other people is a great breaker on behalf of others. If I'm willing to be open, raw, and real, then that can oftentimes just tear down walls for other people. It is a huge element of a breaker anointing. Now, we're talking about faith here. It is very normal to not have a word... Or something vivid for a person when you begin. But the Lord oftentimes will give you something if you step out. Just being willing. You know, a lot of people, I think that's their, their concept of it is, okay, I have to have a word right now so that when I go to this person, I have something to give them. It's like we want a pretty little package to deliver to them. And then watch them unwrap it and unfold. You know what? This stuff's a whole lot messier than that. It really is. You're kind of like, Connor, step up for a second. If I feel like God's leading me to go share something with Connor, now Connor and I are close, so this isn't going to work quite as well. (laughs) But if I go up to Connor and I'm like, I feel like God's kind of leading me towards something. Do you mind if I share that with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. That's great. Usually it takes me opening my mouth before I even discover what's going to come out. Now, sometimes I might know something God might reveal, um, and this is not Connor, but might reveal something that he might be dealing with hopelessness or a lack of faith or a loss of faith or a disappointment. Name something negative. So I might start with that and then just go, can I pray with you? And as I pray, as I open my mouth, the words come out. We open our mouths and the Lord fills it. And a lot of times you'll get surprised by what comes out, by the encouragement, by what the Lord ministers through you to that other person. But we have to be willing to take that step. Are you willing to take that step? I wanna see some nods in the room. Yes, good, thank you, Connor. Do you, you see that I like to put action to this? I'm gonna push you a little out of your comfort zone tonight. Don't get scared, don't walk out, shut those doors in the back. We'll be okay. You're in a safe room and I won't push you too far. My team is chuckling under their breath because they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> so this kind of vulnerability and transparency also unlocks us to be raw and real with God. We don't have these, oh, Holy Father who art in heaven. And I can't even think of other random ritualistic prayers to pray. You talk to them like a friend. God, I need you now. I'm hurting right now. I'm disappointed. God, I'm mad at you right now. My, this was my expectation. This was my experience. There's a huge gap right here. So, God, I, I'm hurting. Help me understand this. I, I've learned to lay down my whys, my why question. Why, God, is this happening to me? But opening up my heart vulnerably, transparently, to let God then deal with me. Because usually when I'm mad at him, it's usually in me that he does the work. It's not him. He's perfect. So opening ourselves up to an intimate relationship with God is very intentional. Hear me. A relationship with God is intentional. This will not happen haphazardly. This is not the path of least resistance, like, yeah, I'm just going to stumble into God one day. He doesn't want to happen to us. He wants us to press into him and then open ourselves up for how he wants to speak to us, which is where we're going to get into these first three gifts. So in this series, Experiencing God, it's not about what we are going to do to experience God we have to surrender everything to him. This is hard for us. Okay, if I pray more, if I do this more, if I do this more, if I do this more, then I'm going to experience God. But it really is quite the opposite. It's really more about, okay, God, I'm opening myself up to you. Because we're doers. That's how we're trained from, from childhood. Do this and you'll get this. You get a cause and effect in the natural world. But in the kingdom, God is saying, press into me, and that is a heart issue. That's not a, Amelie, hand me the checklist. I will check these things off, and then I'm going to experience God, right? Not at all. It's opening ourselves up to going, God, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? God talks to me in the bathroom and the gym the most often. I get words for people. Joe can attest to this because I'll call him from the gym. I'm like, Joe, I got a word for you. Are you in the gym? Yeah, I'm in the gym. (laughs) Why? Maybe because my mind's turned off and I'm just focused on something else. I'm an overthinker. I'm an analyst. I'm always thinking about things. And then in the bathroom, I'm putting my makeup on. I'm doing my thing. And if anybody has done the mascara thing, you're like. (laughs) And my mouth's not moving. Oh, right? That was a snapshot into my life. My mouth is still so God can talk to me. That's a good word for a lot of us. But dudes, you don't have to put on any mascara to get that. All right. So the gifts in themselves reveal something about God's character and nature. And they also enable us to discover about more of who God says that he is and who God created you to be. It gives us the ability to know him and be known by him. Very, very intimate. This is the mandate over my life. I asked God, what are you calling me to do? And I knew, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. God's calling me to be a pastor, calling me into the prophetic, calling me to, to teach and do other things. But the mandate over my life is to teach people to know God and to be known by him. Now, that manifests in different ways. It can manifest personally with my friend Brandy, if she were to ask me questions. It could manifest in a team experience. But mostly what I'm doing is teaching people to know God and teaching them to be known by him, to open up our hearts to him. How would you open up your heart to a person? Would you talk to him? Would you... Confess something that maybe you hadn't confessed to another person. Divulge a secret. Maybe a dream or an aspiration. That Those tender spots in your heart. Those are the very things that we open ourselves up to God. And you know what? A lot of times we think, okay, well, God's all-knowing, so he knows that part of my heart. But we don't talk to him. But in this, we learn to talk to him. Oh, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm wanting to do. (laughs) And I tend to be like an unrestrained stallion sometimes, and God's got to pull the reins back on me. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But at least I'm talking to him so he can restrain me. So we start that conversational life with him. So when God reveals who he is to you, you find stability. You find your confidence in him. And I will tell you, that is something I crave in my life. Stability and confidence. I don't wanna walk in insecurity. I don't wanna walk in pride. Total counterfeits of that. I wanna walk in humility, but confidence that I'm gonna find in him. Because then, when he tells me who I am, then I discover purpose. God, who am I? Amelie, this is what you're gonna do. And you know what? We all tend to, to struggle with pride and insecurity. And many of you are like, not me. <laughs> I know how this goes. But we want value. We want worth. But we're only going to find true worth and value in one place. And it's in God through Jesus Christ. So we find our principal scripture, 1 Corinthians 12 4 through 11, this principal scripture we are going to land on for several weeks, which segue, side note, we won't have class next week or the week after. We will be back in April, okay? Spring break for the schools. Several of us are traveling and whatnot. So this is our principal scripture. I would recommend that over the next two weeks, you spend some time reading through this and actually read through the whole chapter. But as we're diving into the gifts... Do your part. Do your part to dive into this yourself. Ask God, which ones do you have for me? Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, to help others. For to one is given the word of wisdom, this is the first listed gift, through the spirit and then to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So there's a lot in there. There's nine gifts. We're going to dig into the first three. I have chosen to group these... Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and prophecy, because I see these work together a lot. I've heard other theologians and other teachers, they break them down into different categories and groups. This is just simply the one that that works for me as I'm teaching my team, and I've found just speaks through me. So the first one, word of wisdom, is the ability to spontaneously perceive and comprehend God's will or his plan, which then is accompanied by action steps. That's important. To accomplish what God desires. This is what I call the how-to gift. We want to know what his will is. He gives us action steps or the how-to. What's interesting about this is it's going to have, honestly, practical instruction to apply for your life. You may be able to know something that you should or shouldn't do usually accompanied with specific instructions. Some Bible translations read that this is the ability to give wise advice. I read to you out of the NASV. So out of another translation, it's the ability to give wise advice. I think this is funny because sometimes uh, this gift enables you to give wise advice to yourself. Booyah. I I, I want that one. I want to be able to go, what do I need? And God just puts it right into you. I've also experienced it before when someone has come to me for advice on a matter that I have never encountered, never experienced. Donna, can I borrow you? (laughs) Oh, geez. You're cute. (laughs) So Donna comes to me and she says, I have this problem. And I look at her and I go, I have no clue how to help you. You know what my first answer is? It's pray. That's pretty much always my answer. I don't know. Let's pray. (laughs) I don't know. Let's pray. And I'll pray, God, give wise advice. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for a word of wisdom, that you would speak to Donna, that you would speak to me. You can use either of us. And Lord, I just pray that you would have your way. You would give us the answers in Jesus' name, amen. And usually, one of us is going to go, wait, wait wait a second. Because what's, what's wisdom is we've got natural. I always think of it this way. Thank you. I've come to the fork in a road, and I think to myself, I have two options. But that's in the natural. In the natural, I could take this step. In the natural, I could go on this path. But when we involve God in it, a lot of times he will drop a third option that you never saw before. And, And it makes so much sense. And it's accompanied by peace. When people ask me, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? and they don't really like the answers, and I'll go, where's the peace? Where's the peace? And they'll say, well, I really want this. Okay, want is not peace. Where's the peace? And that's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes they'll say, this one's the harder decision, but there's peace involved in it. Peace, we follow the peace of God. So, write that one down. That was good. Get your sticky note out, put it on your hand. That one was good. (laughs) Follow the piece. When that happens, anytime somebody's come to me for advice, and again, I haven't researched it. It's not something I've ever experienced before. I'm usually breaking out my journal or breaking out a piece of paper and writing this information down because I'm like, this is good stuff. I'm saving this one for later. So my father-in-law says, I'm filing that one for later. Because I didn't know it. It didn't come from my mind. It came from the mind of Christ. And he gifts it to us because he loves us. He reveals things to us because he cares. My husband was preaching on Sunday and he said, how often do we wrestle with something in our minds, but we never actually asked God about it? It's about this verbal relationship with God. And I'm pushing some of you out of your comfort zone right now. Well, I I talk to God. Man, I I talk to God like this. I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, this is a good song, God. We should play this one. Yeah, I don't really have the authority to say that, but I like this song. Or I'm praying about my, my daughter at school. I'm praying. It doesn't really matter, but it's verbal. I'm not thinking it, I'm actually verbalizing it. That is a huge key to breakthrough and success in my life. So God will give us divine options and solutions with the word of wisdom. So the first biblical example that I want to give you is found in Matthew 2. Verses 13 through 14. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So the Magi had come. They had left. The angel said to Joseph in a dream, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt And remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So, let's leave this up for a second. Word of wisdom is an action step. A to-do list. How to do something. Get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. That's the word of wisdom. Now, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. And remain there until... Okay, so that's still word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. For Herod is going... Whoa. <laughs> I was like, did, I, did my eyes cross? For, <laughs> for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. That's the word of knowledge. So you have the action step, and then you have the information. This is why. I just jumped ahead. But that was exciting. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. So that is a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom that came in a dream. Remember last week we talked about, well, how are, how are ways that God speaks? He speaks through scripture, speaks through visions, speaks through dreams, still small voice. He speaks through miraculous encounters, Balaam's donkey, burning bush. There's many biblical examples of it. We're seeing here that this was a dream. Now, Acts 9, 10 through 17 This was Saul's conversion. Saul had just had an encounter uh, with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. You see this? He called to him and he answered. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, isn't it funny when we argue with God? We see it in scripture. And I've, I've done it. But we do see it in scripture. Lord, I have heard from many about this man. Saul's reputation preceded him. We have heard about this man, about how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying hands on Saul... He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Honestly, I would have needed the spirit of the Lord himself to tell me, go to that one who is persecuting the church. I, 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 sir, I, I look at that. I'm like, Ananias, high five up top, buddy. I, I'd have been off the table. But he heard from the Lord. He's waiting for a man named Ananias. What's your name? Oh, Ananias? Okay, go. So, can we go back one slide? I don't know what verse it is. Word of wisdom, go. Now information, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. Prophecy. To bear my name before the Gentiles. We see all three there. I keep like segueing myself into my next point. You have the word of wisdom. You have the word of knowledge. And then you have prophecy. Prophecy is a foretelling word. It is a future word. So this had not yet come to pass. Saul, persecuting the church, was being called to bear his name before the Gentiles. To take The good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Which, by the way, I'm a Gentile, and I'm very grateful he took the good news to the Gentiles. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're a church of Gentiles, which we've been grafted in. We don't need to get into that right now. (laughs) Little rabbit trail back in. So, you see all three of them here. And this happened in a vision. So we see another method of how he was communicated to. So the word of wisdom was go, go. The information was on Saul. Ananias even um, argued back. So we have a family modern example of this. My husband um, used to be a rock climber, and he heard a word from the Lord one day, don't go rock climbing today. Don't go rock climbing with your buddy. They were going to climb Independence Monument, and they'd done it before. So he kind of was going, what's the big deal? But he felt the impression of the Lord. He said, okay, I won't go. His rock climbing buddy went, very, he was a competition rock climber, um, so he, was, he knew what he was doing. Fell off, broke his back, almost died. My husband would have been attached to him and fallen with him because they, the, whatever, they belay together. <laughs> that was his thing. Second time it happened, so that was the first time it happened. Word of wisdom, don't go. Did he get a why? No, just don't go. We found out later why, and we go, Thank you, Jesus, that you did not go. Second time, he had his uncle and his cousin in town. They were going to go do this guy's weekend on the mountain, ATVing. They were going to rub some dirt on it and get stinky and whatnot. And he, he woke up one morning and he said, I'm not supposed to go. I'm not supposed to go. And I said, you've heard this before, so please obey. And Dan said, okay. He called his dad and he said, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to go. So his dad goes, okay, well, I'll take him up there. And in his heart of hearts, he knew, he said, none of us were supposed to go. But he didn't, he didn't share it. And that's hard for him to share. Because two days later, his dad was coming down the mountain at 40 miles an hour on Green Mountain Trail, whatever, hit head on with another um, ATV rider and was, I mean, shattered his wrist and, Knowing my husband, he would have raced down that mountain and it likely would have killed him. So, Dan has apologized numerous times to his dad over this. I knew we weren't supposed to go. I knew we weren't supposed to go. But God warned him, do not go. And he obeyed and he was protected through it. He regrets that his dad was not, but we, we learned our lessons through it. So, God saved him through some major... Um, impressions. Those were from impressions. He didn't get a vision. He didn't get it. He didn't wake from a dream. He got up and he had this sick feeling and God was saying, don't go, don't go. So that's an example of that. Word of knowledge is the ability to perceive information. Do you see how I jumped ahead here? Is the ability to perceive information or knowledge that provides information or understanding for the hearer to act on while being used of God for ourselves or for others. This is the gift to comprehend what has been done. So that's a past thing. Sometimes when we're working in ministry, we'll we'll do things or at the altar or something like that where something has happened to a person we couldn't know in the natural and God will reveal it to us. But it's a past thing. It's already happened. But also stuff that's happening in the present. So you've got the past, what has been done, And what is happening? Sometimes there's something turmoil. There's something going on in a person's life. And and I'm speaking negatively. We also get positive things. We also get good words. Without investigation, outside perception, or natural knowledge. We didn't examine it. And we couldn't reason it by human reasoning. It's done outside of our human comprehension and ability. It is a spiritual gift of knowledge. God drops it into you. And this is, this is a gift that I think people can get a little bit nervous about because we're afraid, okay, God's gonna let somebody read my mail. I'm gonna be totally exposed. And how embarrassing is that? But that's not how our God works. He's, inc- he's a gentleman. He's incredibly kind. And when the Lord has used that gift in me, you know, for another person, He'll, he'll just give me a little nugget about hopelessness or disappointment. Or he might give me, I mean, he's given me some pretty razor accurate stuff before. But it's not about putting that person on, on a stand to expose them. It is about being able to cut straight through, break that thing down, and minister God's love to a person. So please do not fear that gift, especially if you're like, i got a word of knowledge for you. What'd you get? Because our God doesn't work that way. He's gentle. He's powerful. He's simultaneously gentle and powerful. So, yes? I will touch on that briefly for you, and then I don't have time to cover all of that, but that is. Um, a network of familiar spirits, you have the demonic realm that will um, touch into different people's lives. They know things about us, but it is a counterfeit gift. So, yeah, Yeah, that is a whole other teaching. Great question, but unfortunately, I have only a handful of minutes left. (laughs) So, a biblical example of this, the word of knowledge, Genesis 20. So now Abraham moved on from one region into the next region, where he stayed a while. Now he and his wife Sarah lied to the people of the area and said, she is my sister because they were afraid that she was beautiful and she would be taken. Now she was, King Abimelech took her, but God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Abimelech goes back to Abraham and Sarah and says, why did you do this thing? But what's cool is King Abimelech was not a righteous king. He did not know God, but God still came to him in a dream, warned him, protected him, protected Sarah, protected Abraham. Word of knowledge. So King Abimelech was told the truth about present information. He had been lied to, and God revealed it to him to protect him from it. So, um, a couple modern examples of this Tim is probably my favorite, Pastor Tim. I love when he comes into the room to do deliverance ministry because I usually do this. How did you know that? And it's fun to watch because he couldn't possibly know it in the natural. A lot of times because the person didn't even remember it in their own life. They'll look at him and go, that happened when I was 17 years old. How? Nobody knew about that. And it's because God revealed it. So this one time I want to share, we were doing a deliverance. I was working with a person. We had a team. And she had just told me that she had been dabbling in and reading some books that she shouldn't have been reading. They were um, causing erroneous thoughts about God. They were causing doubt and um, really causing her to consider renouncing Christ. So Tim walks up, and he's behind her. And I'm praying, I'm doing this, I'm doing what I do, I don't know, whatever that is. He walks up behind her, (laughs) and if you know him, he goes. (laughs) And then I, so I know he's getting something, it's like his download face. like I'm getting something. So I'm looking over her shoulder, and I'm like, what do you got? He goes, he takes a step back, he goes, you read a book, and this book was about this, and it caused you to doubt. God, and you are close to renouncing your faith in Christ. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Here, come, come over here and talk to her. <laughs> but he, wa- he was on the opposite side of the room. He wasn't standing anywhere near where we were talking about anything like that. He comes over, and it broke her in the most beautiful way because she felt the love of God because God was going, I want to rescue you out of this. She saw that not as an exposure of, ooh, you did something bad. We're wagging our fingers at you. She went, God really knows me. He knows my heart and he wants to rescue me from this. She was delivered on that spot and is a follower of Christ and is on our deliverance team. Woohoo! Yeah, that deserves a clap. All right, the next one, the next gift, prophecy. This is a predictive future-related gift. So, words of wisdom are oftentimes dealing with the present, going into the future. You see how these bleed together? I do my best to pry them apart, but they're just going to snap back together. Word of knowledge deals with things from the past, things of the present. Prophecy is going to deal with things of the present leading into the future. It's going to predict something of the future. So, it's the ability to perceive the future. But, in 1 Corinthians 14, 3... It is defined as the gift of prophecy is to edify, exhort, and comfort. So go ahead and go to the next slide because I pulled up these definitions for us. Edify means to instruct or benefit, especially morally or spiritually. It's an uplifting part of the gift. It's a building part of the gift. To exhort means to urge, advise, or caution earnestly or admonish urgently. Or comfort to soothe, console, or reassure to bring cheer to. I like that one. That one's my favorite. And I'm grateful for the people of God who have come and brought a word of comfort and encouragement to me when I definitely needed it. So I'm going to briefly share a couple of prophetic words that I've received um, that have been exciting. Um, And what's cool about them is they always feel totally out of my reach. Like, yeah, that has to be of God because that can't poss- I can't possibly make that one come to pass. So the first one, deliverance anointing. I had a woman prophesy over me. We had a team come in. They were ministering to us as a staff that I would be Pastor Tim and Rebecca's successor to the deliverance ministry. I received that word in 2013. I was on the team already. And then it was fulfilled in 2009. It was prophesied over me to be a senior pastor's wife. Received that in 2001, which is kind of funny because I was already married in 2000 to a pastor. Senior pastor's wife, and it was fulfilled in 2014, 13 years later, to be a pastor myself. So I have that, that dual role. I'm a pastor's wife, but I'm also a pastor myself and what that looks like. Received that word in 2003. That was fulfilled in 2010, This one's my favorite, because I just told you ones that have been fulfilled. This one I received, and it is not fulfilled yet. Yes, that's right. You know what it is, huh, (laughs) That I would write books. I had this this, uh, prophet come in. He did not know me from anybody. He starts praying over me, and he said, you are going to write books. And I lost it, because it's always been my dream to write books. Didn't know this guy from anybody. So I received that word in in 1999. It is still unfulfilled. But I have manuscripts. I see my team in the back going, there's manuscripts on your shelf right now. So I have been working towards that prophetic thing. Because here's the thing. He could prophesy that over me, but if I don't ever write a word, am I ever going to fulfill that prophecy? No. I I have to come into alignment with it. I have to agree with it. So anybody in here is called to be a missionary get your passport if you are called to be a pastor or a teacher read a book and write a sermon a sermon that you preach to an empty room because as a jar you need to be filled you have to be prepared for god to pour out that's what i started doing i started writing messages and then i started talking to my small groups and they were going you should teach a class on this all right i'll teach a class on it And it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. Um, Streams Ministries International contacted me and asked me to uh, become a certified teacher in the prophetic and understanding dreams and visions. That happened in 2013. It was fulfilled in 2015. So, a scriptural example of this one, I want to go ahead and jump to Genesis 37. So, this is where Joseph has two dreams. The first dream was about the sheaves of grain. Out in the field, his sheaf rose up, stood upright while the sheaves of his brothers bowed down to him. The next dream, he told it to his brothers. I had another dream. This time the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Jump to Genesis 42. It's funny because many, many years passed between Genesis 37 and Genesis 42. But down at the bottom... So, when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. Prophetic example. He had a dream that it was going to take place, two dreams, which anytime you have two things, it's God saying this is going to come to pass. It's not just that it's potential, this is going to come to pass. And then it happened. So I want to share a prophetic word that was delivered to me. So it's kind of multifaceted. It's about one person in our church. She told me later that this was the very first word she had ever received. And it was at a God encounter, so one of our retreats. She got this word. She nervously came up to me, and she said, Amelie, God says you're a diamond. Now, in that season, God was telling me personally that I was an oak tree. So he was speaking to me through... Dirt and through water and through trees and living things. And I'm not a hippie, but it sounds like it when I say that. So she brings this word to me and she says, you're a diamond. Now there's nothing wrong with that word, but I'm like, not a tree. Oh, okay. So I received the word and I thought, okay, well, I have no idea what that means, but okay, Lord, you say I'm a diamond. Okay. 2012. Now, summer of 2015, just this last summer, I was sitting at my girl's um, dance class. I'd just been through a very, very difficult season. We call it it a dark night of the soul or the wilderness or many other not so nice words. Um, A difficult season. And God said, do you remember that you're a diamond? And I said, yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember that word. He goes, look it up. So I looked it up, I researched the properties, and these were the words that leapt out at me. A diamond is heat-forged, time-forged, and pressure-forged. You are now a diamond. You weren't a diamond, now you are. So all three needed to be involved. I needed the heat, I needed the time, and I needed the pressure. So sitting there that day, the Lord said, now call Robin and tell her. So I called Robin and I said, you're not going to believe this. Yes, you will. I don't know why I said that. You, Your word was a true prophetic word. It wasn't what I was, but it's what I became. So it was a future telling word. She was telling me of characteristics that I was going to become. Which was really cool because then she's going, thank you for telling me. Right, that's so encouraging because she was terrified to, to, to deliver. You're a diamond, right? But the tension of that, she didn't get an answer back from me for quite some time. And many times, just so you know, you may deliver a word that you never hear feedback on, ever. That's a blessing that the Lord will give us sometimes. It is not always guaranteed. So keep that in mind when you do, you, do, you, you plant a seed some places and you harvest from other places, So, you guys, I can talk until I am blue in the face. But the reality is, is that all of the gifts are received in faith. All of the gifts function in faith. Our source is the giver. It's not these definitions. You're taking good notes and you're like, this is cool stuff. Smile back at me before I say this. I'm about to push you out of your comfort zone just a little bit. Um, Is Pastor Joe back there? Is he coming around the... All right. Hi, Joe. And Bobby. Welcome. So what we're going to do is we're going to enter into a time of worship now. And one of the first things that I do want to do is I want to cleanse our hearts before the Lord. You know, we, we don't earn the gifts. We don't... We really don't. It's just all given by grace. their their charisma, their grace gifts. But there are things that can hinder us entering into that intimacy with God. So I have got some index cards up here or at least pieces of paper and pens up here too. And there, I got a word last week that some of us are... We're cool with this. We want God to use us. But there's some parts in our heart that are off limits. Could be a secret sin. Could be a fear. Could be a doubt. It could be you've seen people misuse the gifts before. But it's time to let it go. It's time to forgive some people. But most importantly, man, repentance is probably one of the freest the most freeing things the word repent I've heard it preached before I've heard it taught before that it means to turn away from something but the word repent actually comes from the word metanuo which means to change your mind and so we need the Lord to change our mind in these things so that we don't linger on old sin patterns and I don't care what brand of sin it is it could be an addiction it could be sexual temptation be doubt. could be fear. But even right now, as I'm sort of poking at you a little bit, you know what it is. So come grab one of these cards. Take a note. And I'm going to pull the trash can out. And I want you to bring it before the Lord. Go ahead and stand up. we're going to take quite a bit of time right now. So this is the first thing that we're going to do. We're going to cleanse our hearts before the Lord. So in Jesus' name right now, God, I pray that we would be able to come to you with clean hands and pure hearts. That nothing would stand in the way of what you want to do to transform our lives, to transform our families, to transform our church. And God, we love your grace. We love how much you love us. But we don't want that lingering in our hearts that keeps us away from you. So God, convict us. In Jesus' name, I just bind up that condemnation. This is not about condemnation. But we relinquish that, God. We don't want to hold something back from you. We don't want to hold back that one spot in our heart. You can have all of this except this one little spot, God. For some of you, it's your reputation. What are people gonna think about me? To so take a minute, and then take a step of faith come up here, get a card, get a pen, write it down and get rid of it.